Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, brother? Good. How about you, Jeremy? Oh, good. Doing good. How's this past week treated you? Anything exciting happen? No, and I'm happy for that this week. Yeah, it's normal, normal. Yeah, just everything normal. Um, still waiting on mother-in-law's doctor's appointment so we know when she's going to have back surgery. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, how's she doing, though? Miserable. Oh, really? Like, is she in pain? Oh, constant. Ugh. Yeah. That stinks, hey? Yep. Can't believe that. Wow. Go on a cruise and break your back. Well, they I don't know that they've ever had a good, enjoyable cruise, but my God, they keep going. Really? <laughs> well, he had to fly home early because he was ha- thought he was having a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um. And it was complications with his pacemaker, but then he's, um, they both got deathly ill. Um, just one cruise was just random. Um, it was like middle ish, like 60% through the whole, uh, Wuhan sniffles. And they, the cruise line just kept, on a random daily basis, changing what the rules were. Mm. Um, oh, you can smoke here. You can't smoke. Oh, you can do this. You can't do that. Oh, we got, uh, we don't want to gather. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. We don't want to gather in large groups. You're on a cruise. We don't want to gather in large <laughs> groups and confined spaces. Um, so we're not going to have, let anybody, we're closing all our, of our like dining room. So you have to order from your room. Wow. About three hours into this, they're like, they figure out they don't have enough staff. Yeah. To, I don't know, carry food to 2,500 rooms. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they undo that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were trying to tell people, oh, you've already eaten. We carried it to your, no, you didn't. <laughs> Prove it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. I used to want to take an Alaska cruise, um, and a Icelandic cruise, just because it's beautiful. But I don't know. Have you I'm ever not been a big ocean person? Yeah. Have you ever been on a cruise? Uh, not a. No. Yeah. I've been on a big ship. Yeah. But I've never been on a cruise. Yeah, we did the. Uh... We've done two. We did a Holland America, <clears throat> and this one, I think Kobe was nine months old because that was the youngest we could get him a passport, and uh, it was it was fun. It was like that one was like mostly just old people, kind of old farts, and so there wasn't a lot going on. And then I don't know, maybe ten years ago, we did a Disney cruise, and I was not looking forward to it at all. I was like, this is gonna suck so bad. It's gonna be a whole bunch of other people's little snotty kids running around. I'm gonna hate every second of it. 
And so my parents paid for this cruise. And that, that just context there. It's not like I'm going <laughs> to like book a vacation that I'm not looking forward to. And uh, it was the best cruise I've ever been on. Well, that was only a second one, but the service of the Disney cruise was probably like, it felt like three or four times better than Holland America. Now, Holland America is not, not you know, it's not a lower one. It's not like a booze cruise line or something like that, but it was incredible. Like every night your bed was turned down and there's little chocolates and fresh fruit and and I thought it would be obnoxious with kids, right? Because it's Disney. But it it was surprisingly, like the way they have it set up, um, and it was great. Yeah, there's a lot of families, a lot of kids there, but it wasn't ever annoying. And it, it was way more relaxing than going to Disney World, right? It's not like you're standing in lines for everything. And oh, they had this one water slide, and it was, the whole water slide was clear. And it started up way up high and it actually went underneath the pool and then back up on. Oh, it was really cool, man. But, um, yeah, so we've had, I've had good experiences on cruises. Uh, but I have, we, the last one we were on, I don't know if it was a national guard or somebody in a helicopter came in and Medi lifted somebody out. And so that was cool. We were up on the deck and all of a sudden this helicopter comes in and they did it without landing on on the thing right so they got a couple guys that rappel down and then blah 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 and then they got this person on this stretcher and this all this they rig them up and stuff like that and they got this winch that's hanging out of the side of the helicopter and they lift them up and fly away and so that is pretty cool but um yesterday i was working outside is it right if i shift for a second shift shift topics Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said something else. Oh. I misunderstood you. Um, <laughs> shift. Shift the car. Segue. Oh, oh yeah. got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought about two things um, related to one of your businesses, hobby, YouTube things, knife making. Yeah. And then I saw something that somebody you know and I'm aware of, um, they were doing a podcast about a particular subject. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty much sums up everything that social media is about. It sounds good, but it's just completely without substance, Mm -hmm. without meaning. But anyway, um, the knife-making thing was, uh, you know how you do the sandy blocks? Mm -hmm. And... You had this other thing in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that other thing. Um, I think somebody else is working on one, but theirs is vertical. Oh, okay. Yeah, Saw I'm it like- on uh, the old Instagrams, and uh, I'm like, I don't think that would work, but because there's no way to have constant pressure. Uh, um. It's basically he had a lever that was going to put pressure on the knife at the oh, belt. Uh, with a wheel on it, right? And then the whole thing would go back and forth. And I'm like, but where the pressure is doesn't stay behind the knife at the belt. But anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's so many different ways to go about it. I know, and- I know. I, I, I just saw it and I'm like, uh, if I knew him, I'd probably say something, but I don't, so I'm not. Yeah. 
you know. And I've kind of thought about this thing. I might just put a video of it out there and be like, here's an idea. Go with it. I, I don't know. You know what's funny is that it works. And it works fine. But lately, I have just... I've... I don't know. I, I've gotten back into my groove. And, man, I can't... The idea of using a, any type of a grinding jig right now, other than a file guide, so I can get my plunge lines. Like, that's... That's without question. I mean, I, I always do that. Why would you waste your time trying to line up a plunge line, you know, by hand when it is such, it's so difficult to match those angles exactly and a little tiny mover. If your belt has a little wobble in it, you know, the, the file guide, the plunge guide, man, that's the best thing. But I just like grinding bevels freehand so much. And it is so, it is faster. Like, I don't care what jig you have. If if you can grind freehand, you can grind faster. I guess the only exception to that would be that, you know, if a certain jig before heat treat and you're not contacting the knife itself, you can allow the blade to get a lot hotter. Whereas, you know, when you're holding it in your hand, obviously, once it reaches a certain temperature, you need to dunk it. So I guess like pre-heat treat grinds, jigs could be faster for that respect. But man, I just, I like freehand grinding so much. And it's, it's, it's funny because getting back into it and starting to do do more and more of it every single day it's like oh yeah just this is coming so easy now and, and things that like after we moved to our new place i'd grind a couple knives and i struggled man and like tossing them in the buckets like this one's trash this one's trash and then you kind of just get into it now and it's like oh yeah this is this is good it all kind of comes back to you you know but you know it's yeah but i thought about uh i saw something and it was a gentleman using a uh hand sanding vice mm -hmm. you know the, the two pipes and stuff yep. you know the pipe and uh, all that and i was thinking that would be incredibly easy to mass produce not mass produce but small batch produce kind of like you do your mm -hmm. sanding blocks and i'm like and, idea and yeah so like i was looking at um i'm looking at some different equipment right now um i said you know tr maker you've heard of them yeah so they sell one and i don't know which website i was on but it was like 500 bucks for their hand sanding clamp and i know there's That's the little i was gonna try to i actually i'm trying to get to town today and i was gonna go swing by big box store and try to price some things yeah and see you know, time aside for the first couple of batches, um, material-wise, how cheap could you make it? And then what do you think you could sell it for? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like if you, the other thing too is that um, if you get some of this stuff laser cut, you know, like so mine, basically I had two pipes that were very similar. And then I had to, t I took an angle grinder, cut basically a slit from one end to the other so it's now it's like a c with a real small opening but like if you had a, a company that would laser cutter that can do that pipe like just like it's just you know in the little tabs and stuff like i i made all mine and i had to match the curve of the pipe and cut it out with a grinder and weld it and blah 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 but man if you could just be like hey here you know, here, draw it up, get a couple prototypes done, or even if get a prototype done and then send it to him. Say, listen, can you make a drawing of this and then produce it for me? 
And then it's it's a matter of, yep, yeah, you go there and you pick up, you know, the material. Material to make like 50 of them wouldn't be that expensive. And then laser cutting is so cheap, you know, compared to time. Like it'd be a matter of, oh yeah, like, I don't know. I think for a couple hundred bucks, you can get a, you can get a, some of them cut and test it out, you know, and then like if there's are 500 bucks and I know they, they do a lot of nice machining and I think they've got some anodized aluminum and stuff, but honestly, if you were to ask me, would I rather have a, a nice colored anodized aluminum tool or one made with steel that's either raw or I, pa- I paint it myself or unpainted and it's like a third of the price? but it works just just as well you know of course i'm gonna go for the least expensive one because it's about you know does it do the job okay cool you know why why spend money on on something that does the same thing like there's a oh i wish i knew the name off the top of my head it's a grinding jig oh a moen have you ever heard of the moen grinding jig no you should just google that so the guy's in texas i think Beautiful grinding jig. I want one so bad, but... And the, the knifemaker.ca, Canadian Knife Making Supplies, they sell them here. And they're $1,000. Woo! Yeah. Have you, have you seen a picture of it yet? No, not yet. It's, oh, it's cool, man. It's brilliant. And it's... Uh, so it's kind of like a dovetail system. You, you clamp the blade in. There's carbide file guides integrated into the clamp. And then it's a little dovetail system. So you do one side and you can, you lock it and then you unlock it. You can flip it around and back and forth. And then it even has support fingers. So say if you're doing an eight inch long chef knife, you can take this little thing so that as you put pressure on it, it's not going to flex and bow on you. It is nice, like nice. But I'm like, dude, man, they are not cheap. But... Um, yeah. Do you see it there yet or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, Cool, isn't it? But, I mean, you look at that, and that, I mean, that is a very well-made piece of aluminum, right? Like, all CNC machined. Uh, I love the clamping system for it, because, and especially, I think, for guys, uh, it, it's good for people if you're doing chef knives or even folders. You know, like, I just think it's a brilliant-looking system, but, man, they're not cheap. I still, I still just use my piece of angle iron with a three-eighths bolt. Then uh, if you're making knives in any quantity whatsoever, last thing I want to do is start putting high-carbon steel, grinding, dust, shavings all over my aluminum fixture that I just paid $1,000 for. Yeah, that's true. And then it gets in and all the movie bits and then for long. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I'll just clean it every two seconds. No, you won't. Yeah. And if you are, you're not really making knives. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think I feel a real strong kickoff in the knife production happening here. Ooh. Don't he, tell me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, there's a local guy because I'm, I'm working on, well, right now I've got five knives on the bench. And one of them is this cleaver. And apparently there's this, this local guy, actually it's funny because we we're at the rodeo this past summer and we're sitting there and he turns around and he goes, Jeremy. I'm like, hi. 
And he's like, sorry, you don't know me. I've been watching your YouTube channel. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, turns out like we had ha- we had chatted on Instagram and stuff. And he had asked if I would ever build another one of those the Japanese cleavers I did. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I don't know. And so he saw pictures. So he's convinced he's going to buy it. He's like, no, I'm, I'm draining my savings account. <laughs> I'm going to come buy it. And I'm like, dude, man, it's okay. You know, like, I don't know, but it's not going to be cheap, you know. Well, you know, not up to you to save people from themselves. That's true. It's up to you to separate them from their hard-earned money. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's what capitalism is about. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, dude, Matt, like YouTube is just tanking. Like for what they pay and stuff like that. I'm like looking at him and I've been doing some research with other channels and there are exceptions, obviously, but like kind of across the board, I'm like it to me, I almost wonder if it is starting to phase itself out. I don't know, like like it'll always be useful and hopefully it'll always be around. But uh, like for what it was where. I remember I followed a guy, for, I forget his name, Southern Prepper, Southern Prepared, I forget. And this was probably like 10 years ago, and, and he did pretty good videos, like prepping things. He was a pretty big knife collector, and, and you know, Kershaw stuff, like not super high-end knives, but he had a lot of knives, and he'd do review videos on knives. And I remember he had 20,000 subscribers, and he quit his day job. And his day job, he installed security systems, like whole things for commercial properties and stuff. He's an electrician by trade. And I'm like, that, like 20, 30,000 subscribers, that was kind of, I saw a couple of YouTubers. It's like, well, looks like I'm making all my money now on YouTube. And, uh, you know, and I thought, oh, wow, that's crazy. And so when I started my YouTube, that was kind of like the goal. It's like, man, if I could get like 30 or 40,000 subscribers, that would be amazing. And when I had that, I made way more money than I do now. And it's different because I I think the way that it used to be that you subscribe to a channel and you saw every video that came out and then very, very similar channels were recommended. But now it seems like, you know, like what's the point in having like 290,000 subscribers when like 1% of your subscriber actually sees the video that you put out? You know what I mean? And those numbers yeah. used to be way different. Like the the actual reach your video would have on uh, the group of people that said, hey, listen, I would like, I'm interested in future videos from this person. Let me subscribe. You know, and okay, so if you have like a thousand people, it used to be like a, a significant percentage would get shown that video. And then it's up to them. It's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll watch this. Why not? But now YouTube just doesn't even put it in front of the people that have said, hey, subscribe, you know, and I I grant that I know a lot of people subscribe and they don't really mean it. And it's just like, oh, whatever, who cares? But it's just the way that they've changed how YouTube works. It feels like they're phasing themselves out of existence, in my opinion. But. And it's fun doing I love doing the videos, but it is the like. I just don't think I don't think it's worth it anymore. I don't see many people in the maker space making you know what I mean? Like if it's a hobby, that's great. But I mean, like I got family, you know? Who knows? 
Man, something's weird on, do I sound normal to you? Yeah, maybe about 5% um, quieter, but Cause even otherwise in, completely normal. Uh, even in my headphones, I'm sound, it sounds really quiet. Weird. I mean, your um, volume meter on the quadcast is normal. Oh, okay. I can't even see my volume meter. I don't know why I get to see them both. <laughs> you're you're at the helm, Todd. <laughs> Not really. You're in charge. <laughs> oh, so guess what? Uh, guess what happened yesterday? This is a funny story. I was trying to segue this from the helicopter on the cruise, and it didn't work. But um, so yesterday I went outside and had to cut a couple boards for some signs, and those have slowed down a lot, which is kind of nice. And it gives me more time. I can ramp up on the knives. And, uh, you know, working outside and all of a sudden I hear a helicopter and I'm like, oh, cool. It's not uncommon. And I look up and I'm like, wow, that guy's really low and he's pretty close. Like he's not just traveling. This helicopter does a complete circle around our property. And I'm like, that's the Hawks. Like that's the police helicopter because they got this big camera mounted on the outside of it and stuff. And I thought, what the heck? That's never a good thing if you have a police helicopter circling your property. <laughs> and it's not like we're in a neighborhood, right? And so I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, it just takes off like towards the city kind of. I thought that was really strange. And then at about four o'clock yesterday afternoon, my dad calls me. He's like, uh, can you do me a favor? Like he had some irrigation guys hooking up some irrigation. And he's like, apparently there's a high speed chase and, and the guy like ran into our fence or something and he wanted me to go see if I could find where it happened they caught the guy and they wanted to charge him with as much as possible and so uh my dad said would you mind just going and just taking a drive and just along the fence there so I went out my motorbike and at first I couldn't find anything and then I found it so basically we've got like a road that comes out of the city that's paved and then there's an intersection to the number nine highway and you know there's a stop sign and stuff like that well this guy since he's he's trying to get away from the cops the one side on like the the property it's my dad's property it's just a farmer's field and the one side doesn't have any fence on it on this secondary road that comes out of the city but the other side along the main highway it's all barbed wire fence and I don't know if he didn't realize that but he, he went he goes into the ditch starts going through the field and then he took out uh one of the posts just clean out busted four lines of barbed wire uh, the mirror fell off. It was a Ford heavy duty. <laughs> and it just drives back up onto the highway. <laughs> but it was so funny. I'm like, are you kidding me? And uh, yeah, and so I go out there and I take pictures, sure enough. So it's funny because I was like, I was outside. And literally when he went scream and then he drove past our place, like on his fleeing the cops. And I was like, I was outside, helicopter circling above guys fleeing the cops <laughs> and I'm just oblivious to what's going on around me you know until you find out later but oh, I thought that was hilarious that's the second time there's been a high, high speed pursuit that's been involved with this property <laughs> it's crazy well yeah at least now you know that uh why the cops were there yeah yeah I know I thought this is really strange and and the creepy thing is like yesterday I took Ava into the youth group and there's a guy walking out of the city on this one road that we live right by. And weird. It looked like he had like a bedroll over his back. And I'm just like, this is weird, man. 
on the way into the city, he was at a, you know, walking out and then on the way back, he'd made it a, quite a ways further down the road. But it's just, it's just weird when you see somebody just walking down a road, you know, not doing it for, for leisure. And he had, he had a couple other bags with him and stuff. I'm like, that's a hobo, but whatever, man, this is really, you know how to but go ahead. Dissuade them from hanging around. How's that? As soon as you see them like that guy, especially if they're still on the road, you just slow down, roll your window down, stop. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. How you doing? So, anybody else know you're out here? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Have you told anyone where you're going and when you're going to be there? <laughs> Do you like candy? <laughs> it's been a long time since my dogs ate fresh meat. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yep that's crazy man you ever have you ever had an experience where you have like water blocked ears from swimming oh yeah that's what it sounds like in my headphones right now it is driving me bonkers and it just like all of a sudden happened and i don't know if it's coming through the gigaboards or the hoopalas or whatever it's not my ears, because as soon as I take my headphones off, everything's normal again. Maybe the batteries are dying on this thing. You use Bose, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's how they sound when they start going dead. Mm, that could be it. And yeah, and they're noise canceling. And usually, well, when the batteries are dead, if you tap them, that little speaker doesn't have enough energy. So it's like, it makes a noise, but maybe I'm just on the verge. But, I mean, I've had these things. I've probably had these headphones for like 15 years. They're yeah, pretty... one pair of mine. That's probably about how long I've had them. Yeah. My uh, my newer set, they're still old, but they're newer than those. Man, they, they started, they had a certain percentage of battery, and they just beep constantly right oh, in your wow. ear. I'm like, That's why? obnoxious. No, it even hurts, but. Yeah. Hey, jumping back onto the knife uh, thing, I got a question. Have you heard of Baker Forge and Tool? No. So they make Damascus, and is I was listening to a podcast, and Coy Baker's a guy. Oh, where are they? I think they're North Carolina is where they do it. I think, but um, so he does like this different Damascus with different uh, alloys in it. Um, it's like copper and brass and stuff like that um i was just curious if you'd seen any of that have you ever seen that when they, they'll have copper in there like just one single shim of copper i have seen um someone do that um it i've seen copper i don't know he's done something else that looks kind of like copper but I can't remember what it was, but yeah, I've seen that. Hmm. Yeah, so they'll do like copper my, bronze my. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, this, the one I saw is literally like Damascus. Mm -hmm. It's not sand my, and it's, I don't know. He, um, he wouldn't show the process of how he does it, but, you know. If you have a good, 
structurally sound Damascus made with copper. I don't know that I'd show it either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I also don't know that it would be as structural, but Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know just uh, lately it's just been uh fascinating to me. You know, like like the different uh different Damascus patterns. Some of them are really nice, but I was just on their website here like Navajo blanket mosaic Damascus. Um 16 inches by 2 inches or by 2 and an eighth 200 thousandths of thick. Do you know how much that piece of steel costs? No. It's $800. Huh. <laughs> is that crazy? I mean, it's... Well, inc- yeah, it is. But- so I'm like, okay, so that... 800 bucks, man. Like, maybe that's... Maybe that could be the biggest reason, like, I, I don't use Damascus. I've never... I have a few pieces of Damascus that people have made and sent me, but I've never used it. I'm just like, oh man, not cheap. But that's why a couple of the guys that make Damascus blanks to sell to other knife makers, they have a process. You know, I mean, they they got the the press, the large press. You know, they do it in more massive quantities. Mm-hmm. You know, try to get the cost now mm-hmm. yeah that's what these guys do they like they do make knives and stuff but they he started messing with damascus and i think it's like three or four of them that full-time uh work in their shop and they really do and in fact there's um so there's small like kind of uh niche folding companies like microtech um you know those guys that that, that aren't big companies but they're also like not small um, kind of like high-end knives. Anyways, yeah. they, they had a couple of them. For some reason, he said there's this big trade show of all these folding knife companies, and somebody mentioned their name, and he said three of these companies at the same time placed orders for a whole bunch of this steel because they've seen custom folder guys do it, like with this, uh, whatever they call it, Q-Mai, Bronze Mai, and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, wow, so these little you know, one-off guys doing these super high-end folders are doing it. So these, you know, small production companies, like, we want that too. And so he's actually making, like, crazy amounts of steel for them. And, oh, it's it's kind of interesting listening to his podcast. And he was saying, too, like, just before the pandemic started, he had a guy reach out to him and says, where do you get your steel from? And he told him, he goes, oh, if you ever want good steel, let me know. And this was just on Instagram. And he's like, what is this guy? It's like, he replied back, was talking to him, and this guy orders steel, and he gets it right from the manufacturer in Germany and brings it over in, like, shipping containers full of it. And so the price is way better, and it's top-quality steel. And so he ended up buying, like he said, right now he's got over two years' worth of uh, uh, Damascus core material, like whatever he uses. He's got over two years of steel that he had bought in, before the pandemic prices went up and stuff. So it's kind of cool. He's got a, I think he's a pretty smart businessman. They're like just talking to him and stuff, but man, they make some neat looking steals. Yeah. I was looking at a knife 
from one of the more famous out-of-the-front automatic knife makers. Mm-hmm. That's not all they make, but they're very famous for their automatic knives. And they do some theme knives, right, from the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. And they have a knife, right, based on Boba Fett. And they made a, I don't know how many they made. It was less than 10. I do know that. But they didn't say how many less than 10. Mm-hmm. Exact same knife, but the blade is made of Damascus, right? Yeah. It's just special kind of Damascus. But they're charging like meteor Damascus for this knife. Hmm. It's a normally about a $900 knife. They just swapped the blade for this Damascus blade, and now it's an $8,000 knife. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, what? That's crazy. No. That's crazy. Then you had to put in for a lottery to win it. I mean, to be able to buy it. Oh, wow. No. That's nuts, eh? But if you had one now, it'd be... There's one just resold uh, at the most recent Blade Show. Sold on Instagram for double that. Yes, it was an investment. Knives are an investment. (laughs) Honey, it's an investment. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, some of them are because, you know, quietly, you know, somebody, two people um, have instant messaged me on Instagram over the years. One wanting to buy a black rock knife that I have mm-hmm. and one wanting to buy a knife of yours that I have. Really? Uh, and... <clears throat> The guy that wanted Ken's knife, there was no way I was ever going to sell anything to him. Ever, mm. ever, ever. Because he came across um, crazy. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, the guy that wanted your, you remember the uh, the chopper I have, orange-handled chopper? Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, he wanted that thing, I don't know how many times he, he has eyeing me since I got it. I might hmm. want it. Man, you still got that knife? Uh, it's going to be buried with me. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, he's that. Well, I don't know if it's the same person. I think it could be because I got a guy asking me about once a year. Any chance he'd build that t- that chopper and he'd send me a picture of the thumbnail in the video? I'm like, I, not yet. I don't know. Not yet. But I think, I think he's offered me about three times what I paid for it. Hmm. That's crazy. I don't know that he was serious, but yeah, yeah, that was so far removed from any other offer he's given me. Huh? And I, I just finally blocked him. Yeah, yeah. Just no, you can't send me any more messages. Huh? Stop. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I'd be fun to build some more of those choppers. You know, it's fun. It's weird. Um, when you have to video making a knife, it makes the process of making a knife way less enjoyable. Like, I, I don't know why, but the last couple of weeks, couple months, I've just, the idea of just going in there, getting a fresh belt put on, taking a piece of steel and just grinding in a bevel, it is like exciting to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I just, that's all I want to do. Like, let's just do that. 
And then let's grab another one. Let's just grind in another knife. Let's just grind, 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 grind. But somehow when you film it, like the, the filming is kind of fun, but you got, you know, you can't just work, right? Because there's been times when I'm, I'm grinding away and then I realize, oh, my elbow's in the way the entire shot. Like you can't see a single thing that I've done. And I'm like, that was a waste. And I don't know, it's, it's so weird. So weird how when you remove all the, the, the notions like, okay, I, me doing this act is for a different reason. Like I'm doing this for a video and it's like, no, I'm doing this because this is what I'm doing. I just want to make a knife. It's, it's a totally different shift in, in how I enjoy it. It's really weird, but. Yeah. Early on of my days of discovering quality content on YouTube, um, the, somebody I used to watch, they're no longer on YouTube. I don't even know if the guy's still alive, but, um, he said, you know, putting your hobby on YouTube is turning your hobby into a job. Yep. (laughs) And then if you have a job, Right. And I want to put that on YouTube. It turns your job into four jobs, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're doing your job. Then you're the actor in your videos and then you're the videographer. Oh, and you're the editor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, no, no, that's absolutely true. hundred percent. And uh, you know, the one thing I'll say is that, I, I don't think I would have done nearly as well starting a knife business if it weren't for the YouTube. You know, I get messages all the time and I'll, I'll check these guys out on Instagram. They'll message me and I'll look at their profile and they're making phenomenal looking knives. Like, I mean, obviously without using them, but you know, some guys, you look at the knives they share. I'm like, dude, I can, I can see from this photo, you've got some scratches in here that you haven't taken care of yet. And uh, there's one, I won't, say names, but there's one person in particular. And I mean, honestly, if he would just go over his handles with some emery cloth and even pressure on both sides of the handle, he would even out unevenness that just it glares at me. It, he takes a picture. I'm like, dude, these grinds on your handle are not even. I'm like, that's gross. But um, these guys that do good job, they'll be like, hey, listen, how do I start selling knives? And I say, you know what, honestly, I can't tell you that because I think the only reason that that people know of my knives is because of my YouTube. And today in this day and age, I don't know that you could just say, hey, I'm going to start a knife making channel. And maybe you could, but I think it would take more work or more time to get a decent audience. I don't know. I might be wrong in that. but, But so that's the one good thing with the YouTube. It was a hobby. The knife making was a hobby. And my original YouTube idea was simple. Life was like, the simple little life, you know, like homesteading, raising your own food and all that, uh, <laughs> that lovely, uh, unrealistic lifestyle, you know, but a realistic, if you want to fully commit to only that and basically live like the Amish or something, you know, like you go into town once a week for supplies, but if you want to uh, have kids and activities, hockey, dance, you want to, you know, live in a little bit of a modern world as well. Boy, it's just too much work to do them both. But I had an old person a long time ago, long before the old internet, tell me about that. Um, if you're going to have a job in the real world and you want to 
you know, farm or hunt. And don't, you can't have the expectation going in that you're going to grow all of your own food because mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a pretty good sized family. And so what you do is you grow what you want to grow. You can it, you put it up, whatever, you know, you preserve it, you freeze it, whatever. And then what that does is it gives you a sense of fulfillment. It, you know, scratches that itch from our background of being hunter gatherers. And it reduces the cost that you have to pay at the grocery store overall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of what people don't understand too is if you just ate a little healthier, you don't have to go crazy with it. You just ate a little healthier, um, you would save a ton of money mm-hmm. on that just by giving up. Um, just take a look. Look at yourself over two months. What do you throw the, away the most of? Mm-hmm. You know, change the way you buy that. Quit buying, you know, Twinkies, you know, this processed sugar foods. You know, quit buying that. One, it's not good for you, but, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like, I was uh, doing some research on something completely unrelated uh, this week. I read a book on by an archaeologist and a cultural anthropologist mm-hmm. on Woot Steel, the original. Oh, yeah. And why, and some, you know, he ends the book with some theorizing on why it's completely disappeared, why we lost that. But anyway, um, in the book, they were talking about uh, these really, really old people that he was able to interview. Mm-hmm. And part of the interviews on in this book are from early in the 20th century. Right? Not a new book, but uh, some of the people in that part of the world, you know, 100 years old, 105 years old, and they still work every day. Mm-hmm. And then that got me because he gave some hey if you want to know more about this he's got a colleague that was studying that blah 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 so i did some research on that and my god you know i think a lot of this modern uh diet and exercise stuff is gonna have people wishing they weren't doing that Mm -hmm. later on in life because if you just um if you eat the right kind of food, but only enough, mm-hmm. just just enough. Uh, and I don't want to say just enough to stay alive, but eh, it's kind of more towards the truth than eating enough to satisfy you. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you a lot healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, the lady that uh, in England, I think, I think she's from England. She lived to like 101. Smoked. Every day of her life since she was like 12. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, she drank something alcoholic because she was from England back then. Yeah. And, you know, she ate pretty much only enough to stay alive. But she didn't look emaciated. You know, she drank water, mm-hmm. walked 
back and forth to work every day. Um, actually, she walked everywhere she went uh, in the village, and she worked in the farmer's field in the village next door anyway. Um, so she walked everywhere she went, drank plenty of water, and did not eat a lot of uh, breads, grains, anything like that. No processed sugars, except she used like raw sugar in her tea. Mm-hmm. But she's a very fascinating person. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the stuff that she was talking about was, you know, about life in general. You know, some of her opinions. Um, and then she, she was like, and, you know, it doesn't really matter how you live your life. You know, if God's not part of it, you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, it's true, you know, like, um, like you're saying, it, it's cheaper uh, and it's also better. Like, it's, like if you ever just, you know, we eat fairly healthy, but still we could definitely improve. Like we have friends, like some some of our kids' friends that they've told us like, oh yeah, we have McDonald's like three, four times a week. And I'm like, wow. Um, first of all, like we went like eight years without going to McDonald's. Now we went to other fast food places, but we, we probably have fast food maybe once every two weeks. Like literally, we just, we just don't have fast food. Um, and, but then sometimes we'll be like, so last summer, Steph and the kids were all volunteering at the, like the vacation Bible school. And so they were like from eight in the morning till four 30, they were working with kids. And so I told Steph, I said, listen, I'll make sure there's a good meal when you get home. So you don't have to cook. And I said, and I'll make sure it's healthy too. And so I did a bunch of research and basically every day I'd go to the grocery store and buy my ingredients, but it was like really clean food and like it was really good like stuff was blown away and at the end of that week and then even when they were gone I was like oh well I might as well try to eat so it was, was kind of like a week of eating extra healthy and mostly just because it's like okay we're gonna be exhausted they will be exhausted and they'll need all the the nourishment and the sustenance and and the things to rebuild their body and it was amazing how much different we felt at the end of that week because it was like there wasn't any processed foods in our diets um you know, and, and tons of vegetables and salads and, and it's amazing. And then even like the kids will be like, Hey dad, Oh, you know, it's weird. My microphone, my, my thing just came back. I oh, sound, no. I sound normal like, again. Didn't miss a beat. Sweet. Oh, good. feels like my ears have been unclogged, <laughs> ah. but, um, so, so sometimes the kids will be like, Hey dad, can we have pizza pops? And I mean, I like pizza pops too. They're so good. They're, but they're not good for you. And I'm like, you know what? We have lots of bread. We've got lots of deli meat. And again, that's all processed stuff. But it's like, do that and then throw a whole bunch. Of, we got all these different salads and stuff. And it's like, make yourself a sandwich. Like, honestly, like you can either have a pizza pop or make a sandwich. And a sandwich is always healthier than a pizza pop. And and the kids do it like, oh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't that bad. And it's like they can have like three or four feet pizza pops. And they're like, I'm still hungry. And they have like one sandwich and they're not hungry. Like it fills them up more, you know? And uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot to what you're saying there. Like, you know what? Like it, it, 
it doesn't have to be complicated, you know? Um, like I, I listened to a podcast called Chasing Excellence. And it's a it's kind of a little intense. It's kind of weird sometimes, but it's all about these guys are CrossFitters. Excuse me, I gotta sneeze. Uh, I'm sorry, I just had a big sneeze. Yeah, you don't you don't like the CrossFit, hey? Um I like their idea though. He said the reason they train is not like the the reason they do what they do is that they wanna he said, I wanna be doing what I do today when I'm 85. And that's my definition of working on health. I want to be in my 90s and what being able to physically do whatever I want to do. And I'm like that is a really good outlook on fitness, you know? It's like I'm not I'm not doing this. Obviously they they coach some elites and stuff. But he said honestly, I'm not doing this to get jacked. I'm not doing this to get better. That's always part of it. He said the ultimate reason is that I want to be 80, 90, maybe 100 years old. And be like, you know what? Why don't we go hiking today and go hiking? Or I want to go kayaking and I can go kayaking. And uh, even little things like I'm going to the grocery store and I'll carry my own groceries to the car. You know, at 90 years old and it's not a problem for me. And I'm like, that's and it, the idea like right until the day you die, like physically you are capable of doing the things that you want to do, you know? And I thought that's actually a really interesting outlook on health and fitness and then they, they talk about it. it's like you know from that aspect you don't have to train like you don't have to go and, and and try and get new records and new this and new that you know but it was just kind of interesting eat clean and move yeah okay. kind of how it comes down to it but i found the problem with this headphones thing it's the little plug-in, little adapter I have going into this roadcaster. I think it's getting worn out. Because if I jiggle this cord, it kind of switches back and forth between clogged ears and unclogged ears. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Anything exciting coming up in your world? No. Right on. I got a new book for the my... Masonic learning. Oh yeah. But well, that's cool. It's a it's a uh, a look at um, leadership. Hmm. You know what that position is. You know <clears throat> how to put yourself in a mindset to do it better. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I won't be able to go to our lodge meeting for June because they do uh, once a year. We do a joint meeting with Irkana Acme Lodge, and this year we're going to their lodge. And so when we do a joint meeting, we do it on the day that they meet, and the day they meet happens to be Foster's birthday. <laughs> so it'd be kind of rude if I'm like, "Sorry, son." <laughs> I'm not going to beat your birthday. I'm going to a lodge meeting instead. But, and then, uh, yeah, and then we're do, they're doing, we got a casino. Do you guys have casinos there that you volunteer at for charitable organizations? No. So here, so basically all gambling is controlled by the government. And one of the things they do for fundraising, um, and a certain portion of all the money has to go towards charitable causes. 
And so as a, as a charitable organization, you can apply to get a position at a casino. And so basically you'll run money. You'll just kind of take all the money or, or count chips or something. It's kind of dumb because it's entirely supervised and they have a casino employee like basically watch you do this thing. But say if you, okay, we're going to work a night. You have to say, okay, you guys have to provide 12 bodies for six hours and you'll end up, you'll get like, okay, here's your $40,000. Like it is a cash cow for nonprofits. And so everybody tries to get in on them. Um, like, like, if, and we have two nights, so we're probably going to make, it'll probably be about a hundred thousand dollars that our lodge will get for these two nights. And usually, you know, you get on this lit wait list and it's all, you know, every three years, four years, you'll get a casino. But, um, unfortunately, uh, like we've got provincials with the music and that's going to be on the two nights that, that we have our casino. So I won't even be able to get to that. So it's kind of a bummer, but I'll be going like, I think uh, two months without any, uh, any lodge activities. It's kind of weird, but yeah, I'll see, maybe I'll do some visitation or something like that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yo, we finally got rain, which was super nice because we had like a week of of smoke, disgusting, disgusting smoke. And then was it Monday? Yeah, I, Monday we had just doozy of a thunderstorm, probably for like an hour, and uh, cleared all the all the smoke out of the air. And then I guess up north they're getting a bunch of rain too, so it's helping them get the fires under control. But yeah, it's nice. Things are looking looking good, greening up. The garden's in. The deer are always around here right now. It's so annoying. Every day you step outside and you're walking and it's like 50 feet away. There's like four deer. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they, we always got to keep an eye on the garden because they want to eat it, right? And it's like they're on the edge of the garden. Steph went outside and was like, get away. Don't move. Steph takes, you know, walks a couple feet, get away, don't move, starts clapping her hands, yelling, they they slowly turn around and leave, and it's like, <laughs> man, in the fall, if they were like 500 yards away and you open the door, they jump and run, you know, it's so annoying. They know what the season is. They do, 100%, 100%. Beyond that, they know who has a tag yeah. and who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it's funny, because I hear people say that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Something that sounds funny, but it is fact of the matter. And, you know, maybe it could be like a natural thing for them too. Like maybe naturally during the rut, their senses are heightened, right? And then in the springtime when they're having their offspring and, you know, everything's coming to life. And maybe in the fall, like natural predators are a bigger threat too because they're trying to, you know, fatten up for the cold winter or something. I don't know, but it is. The deer in the springtime are not deer in the fall. They're a completely different critter. But and yesterday, well, while I was cutting out this wood, I was, I was hauling my saw outside, and this coyote—it <laughs> was a mangy, mangy-looking coyote—and it ran from the house to right beside the shop, like something was chasing it, like it was on a full-on clip, and it—it it didn't see me there, and I didn't find out who was chasing. But it was so funny, like it was probably about thirty feet away from me. I'm just carrying my saw and I'm setting on the stand. All of a sudden, it just startled me. And I don't even know if it saw me, but it was just like, 
like fast as you could see a coyote run, just going. It's so strange. Maybe that guy who was out running the cops almost hit him or something. Or maybe he was driving the truck. Oh, yeah. He was trying to get away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Here, I'm going to send you all the pictures of this fence. So funny. <laughs> Cops are chasing you. So it's like, let's just go. <laughs> oh, man. I guess it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Had a uh, uh, I saw something, you know the the things are all fake anyway. But uh, these Instagram stories about uh, wow, what oh, that picture. Does not appear to be slowed down. No, no, full speed. Like the barbed wire was just snapped. Like it looked like somebody took side cutters. Like so, it must have been broken very quickly. Like snap, and then there's about a a four inch fence post, four to five inch, nice healthy fence post, just snapped right at the ground. Like it was, he was hauling. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you're saying about Instagram something? Yeah, you know, you like voiced over animal. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Videos. Yeah, some of them are you know make you laugh, but one was about a raccoon, and somebody walked out there. You know, they've been the raccoons been getting in their trash, so they set up one uh, like a ring alarm or something camera. So when the if something came around the trash can, they got a alarm sound inside. They could come out. I came out. The raccoon's standing up on its hind legs and lifts up the trash can lid, and it's holding it, and it's looking inside the trash can. The guy comes out the door with his camera, and uh, it's like freeze, you know. And that's what the raccoon does. He's just holding the. Mm-hmm. Trash can lid with one hand and just staring at the guy not moving. And the guy's uh, telling him, you know, freeze, don't move. Like a cop would be yelling. And then he says, you know, you come back here again, I'm getting a raccoon uh, tag for hunting season. You know, that's starting tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And uh, shows, the video shows the raccoon turn around really slow. Put the trash can lid back on, pat it down, and then walk off <laughs> sideways. You know, all still yeah. on its hind legs. Yeah, it's funny. Man, the crazy things Instagram shows you. Hey, I saw. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh, weird suggestions on. I'm still getting a lot of weird. Suggestions on Instagram that I have no clue why I'm seeing Hmm. um, or trucks. Hmm. I saw, I saw one yesterday and I don't know, it must've been somewhere in Russia. This guy's on a Ural. So those, you know, the motorbikes with a sidecar and then even the, 
the wheel on the sidecar usually is shaft driven. So it's a three wheel, a two wheel drive motorcycle sidecar. And this guy gets on and then this big bear that's muzzled, like he's got a muzzle on his face, gets on in the sidecar. And then they're getting a tow because their their motorbike's broken down. But it's this guy who literally just drives around with a grizzly. It looks like a grizzly bear. A huge bear on his thing. I'm like, <laughs> why didn't you just show this to me? <laughs> like, this is... And that was on my simple little life. I'm like, I, I, I don't follow motorcycle content. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Why are you showing me this guy getting on, onto a Ural with a bear? Yeah, I get a lot of Ford trucks and older square body Fords. Um... Uh, uh, boutique small batch uh, bourbon hmm. pads hmm. Um, female bodybuilders hmm. and a ton of like stupid animal memes yeah yeah I'm like I don't search out any of that stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny well you know we got to fill it somehow we're not going to show you um, how government's evil uh, gun or knife content. So yeah, go away. Yeah, that's crazy. You remember good old days when Instagram was like just a place to share pictures. And then I remember when I first started seeing, so Steph and I both had Instagram as beta testers and this was probably 2013. I don't, it was way back when, way back when, um, and that was when it was only a, like a photo editing thing. And it was obviously completely changed. And then I remember when I was getting into knife making and it's like you put a picture up on a knife and people like it. And then you like other people's pictures of knives. And then I remember people were complaining. It's like, I'm starting to see ads on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, come on. There's no such thing. And then I saw an ad. I'm like, what? And then it's like, oh, now there's ads and stories. And and then before, this is something I've just noticed that say if I go to your Instagram page and I start scrolling through your photos, last year there would be no ads in your feed if I was directly on your page. Now there are. Right? It used to be you could go look at someone's profile, click a picture and start scrolling to see all their stuff and you'd never find an ad. Have you noticed that now? No, I don't know. I don't ordinarily do that unless it's somebody I just found. Yeah. But I haven't done that in I don't know how long. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, uh, the last time I looked at Instagram yesterday, I saw nothing in there but uh, one of your stories, um, a shooter I follow and nothing but ads yeah it's crazy i'm like not even suggestions i'm like jesus come on that's crazy old socials all of social is all but worthless to me Mm -hmm. Uh, facebook was completely worthless but uh a couple of the officers in our um district for the lodge use it to get out hmm. there's a private group and they use it to get information out oh, okay yep. other than that you know yeah because i don't see any of my family or any of my friends it's just ads and suggestions yeah well and then 
people, for God's sake, quit believing and then doing this cut and paste crap that, oh, tomorrow starts a new Facebook rule. They passed a law. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah. If you can post something that says, I don't give them permission. Yes, you do, because you use it. Yeah. You signed up for it. You have an account. They can do it with your crap, whatever they want. Yep. Stop it. It's funny. There are certain exceptions to that, but they're rare, and they take other agencies to be involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, hey? Yeah, I used to send letters to Facebook for, I was one of a number of people that used to send letters to Facebook for victims of crimes when I worked at uh, two of the agencies I worked at. Hmm. It was like a extra duty they'd give you. No, oh, okay. Yep. And something like that. I mean, everybody had extra duties, so, you know, helping a victim of a crime, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm just looking at the clock here, and i got to give this room over to Isaiah so he can write his test. All righty. But uh, thanks a lot, Todd. It was great chatting with you again. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. Solving the world's Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. So solving the world's problems one one podcast at a time. Or creating a couple. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. You solve, I'll create. Okay. <laughs> right on. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye bye, folks. <laughs>